0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at wwwlife churchcomau If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1st Samuel, uh, Samuel. Chapter 4. First Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 1. The Bible says this Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines at the Philistines destroyed their forces to meet, sorry, deployed their forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Shiloh so that he may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the Ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp. They said, oh no, nothing like this has happened before. We're doomed. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was so great, Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. I go to verse 19. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant. And near the time of delivery, when she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. And as she was dying, the women attending her said, don't despair, you have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we haven't gathered to hear an individual today. We've gathered to meet with you. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to us today. Father, I pray that, that we would experience the glory of God amongst us today. Let our hearts be open to hear from you, Father. We bind every fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Just let there be freedom to speak and to hear this word. And Father, we just pray for for Dale, his family, at the loss of one of the members of their family. Lord God, and going through a grieving time, just, just just Father, just comfort them. I pray, even in this hardship. I pray. We love you, God, and we just want to serve you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're in a series entitled "His Glory Appears," and in this series, we're speaking about. Um, the importance of God's glory in the church. Uh, I just like the fact that at the beginning of the year, we always begin with a time of prayer and fasting, and it's a reminder to each of us what the church is really all about, what's really important about what we do here as a church. Uh, In the Hebrew, the word for the glory of God is kabod, uh, and it means heaviness or weightiness. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we walk into a service um, and there's a sense of that God is present. You know, there, there, there are some services, you walk into the service and there's a sense that God is present. There's a sense of expectation, a sense of weightiness, a sense of heaviness. It's a description of the glory of God. If there's something that we're praying for in this time, is that we would experience the glory of God, the presence of God, the kabod, in our lives, in our homes, and in the church. Um, One of the things I love about January as we go into a a time of prayer and fasting is is, uh, you can feel it in the service. Um, Services are different. The worship is different. Um, People come with a a, a sense of expectation. My prayer would be that that would be something we would experience every single week in the name of Jesus by His grace. Key verse for the series is the words of Isaiah. And it says this, Our eyes shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. I, I believe it's the, the 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 desire of God. I, I believe it's God's will that we would experience His glory in our midst. And church, we need the glory of God, and and we want the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Think about the reason why you came to church today. You didn't come to shake the hand of an usher. You didn't necessarily come to church to grab a coffee. You could have grabbed the coffee anywhere. You didn't come to hear the singers or hear me. You came because you believe that somehow and in some way, either through the interaction, the singing, the preaching, that God would do something in your life, that God would speak, that God would heal, that God would restore, that God would do something in your life. And we've been singing about that this morning. I don't know if, if you've sensed it, but there's a there's a sense of faith. We might come back to that at the end, but but there's a sense of faith. Come on, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna believe that people are gonna be set free from addictions in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna believe that people are gonna be healed. That cancer is gonna disappear in the name of Jesus. I want to believe that something is gonna happen. That something that is gonna happen is not gonna be because of our singing or our preaching or or because of how good our coffee is. It's gonna be. Oh, that's gonna help. It's gonna to be because of the glory of God. It's going to be because God is present amongst us and that's what we want more than anything else. That's why we pray during the week, that's why we fast during the week. that's why we believe that hey when two or three are gathered together in my name or a hundred or two or three hundred people are gathered together in my name, God says, there I am, I'm present among them and if God is present amongst us, then he could do whatever he wants. And that's what we want. That's what brings us back week in and week out. how we need the glory of God amongst us, how, how see darkness covers the earth, that D- darkness is all around us, but His glory rises upon you. In the midst of all the darkness that is around us, in our city, our nation and in the world, more than ever, the church needs to be a, a shining light of the glory of God. Question is this. How can we experience more of the glory of God? That's the question that, that, that really that, that, that grabs my heart, that comes into my mind. Well, okay, I understand we need the glory of God, but how? How can we experience more of the glory of God? And not just in the church, not just in this place that represents the glory of God, we, 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 the, the temple of God. We, we want to experience the glory of God first and foremost in our lives. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I read about that this morning. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We want the glory of the Lord to fill the temple that's in our hearts. Because if the glory of the Lord is filling this temple, then it's going to come into our homes. And then it's going to come into this place that represents the name of God. Today, I want to speak about being rightly related to the glory of God. And to help unpack this, we're going to look at a powerful story that we read in our text. And in this particular story, we find different people or groups of people who each had a different relationship with the glory of God or a different experience of the glory of God. And so each person experienced God in a different way. And kind of we're going to we're going to look into this a little bit because I believe it teaches us something about how we can experience more of God's glory in our own lives, our families, and in the church. Before we look at that, let me just quickly give you uh, a bit of background to the story. It's a a fascinating story. Uh, The story is recounted in the first few chapters of 1 Samuel. The Bible tells us that Eli was the priest, and he had two wicked sons called Hophni and Phinehas. Great names there. Uh, They were responsible for taking care of the temple, they were supposed to be God's representatives. But these guys were living in sin. They didn't care about God. They didn't care about the temple. And what was worse is that Eli, their father, could see exactly what they were doing, but he was being passive. Um, and he wasn't doing anything about it. Now around this time, Israel went to war with the Philistines. And as we read in our text, uh, they went out to war. They lost 4,000 people. Um, Israel wasn't sure what to do, so they decided to bring the Ark of the Covenant to the battlefield. Oh, that'll help us, they thought. You know, some bright spark said, why don't we bring the Ark of the Covenant that represents the glory of God, that represents the presence of God. Why don't we bring that into the battlefield, and somehow that will deliver us from the battle. People of Israel were excited, went to battle and again they lost the battle. This time they lost 30,000 people. Hophni and Phineas, uh, Elias, Eli's sons, were killed. Philistines took the ark. And when the pregnant wife of Phinehas heard, she went into labour, gave birth to a son, and caught him. And she said, "I want you to name him Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel." What, what, a, what a sad verse in the history of Israel that here they were. They got to a point where the glory of God had departed from Israel. I pray that that never would be the experience of Life Christian Centre in the name of Jesus. Well, the Philistines now had the Ark of the Covenant and they thought this was amazing. They thought we've got their Ark, we should be great. But wherever the Ark went, it caused devastation, tumours, pandemics, COVID, all sorts of stuff. So they shifted it from town to town uh, and finally they said, you know, we better give this thing back to Israel because wherever it went, it caused devastation. So it eventually went to the house of Abinadab and then to the house of Obed-Edom. So embedded in this story are five people or groups of people that each have a different relationship with the glory of God. And each personal group teaches us something about how we can experience the glory of God in our own lives and certainly in the life of the church. First person in the story is Eli, and he signifies those who he represents, those who have drifted away from God. Those who have drifted away from the glory of God. Eli was a priest at the temple. He was, he was to represent God before the people, no doubt. He started with passion and enthusiasm. He was called by God. But now in the story, as we, as we read it in the story, he's getting older. But by this stage, he's drifted away from God. And he's drifted away from the call of God that was on his life. That call of God that one time was clear, it was powerful. He was was living that call. But by this time, he's drifted away from the call of God. Listen to what God says to him. This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' family when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons? More than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. Here was Eli. He was no longer honoring God. He was honoring his own sons above God. His sons who were actually living in sin. He had so drifted away from, from God. He had drifted away from the call of God that was on his life. And, 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 and he was passive about what he was seeing before him. God had chosen the Levites to serve the priests in the temple. And they started well, but within a couple of generations, they were blatantly disobeying God, had no respect for God. And they drifted away from God. Listen really carefully, church, because this is a really important principle. What happened to Eli can happen to you and me. We can start off strong. We can start off with a, with a sense of call upon our lives. We can start off with a passion to serve God and to serve the purposes of God. But over time, that call can, can become dim, and then we, we lose sight of what God is wanting to do in our hearts and lives. Eli represents those of us that at one time in our walk with God, we we're on fire, passionate, clear about the call of God, but we've tripped it away. To the point where church has become religious and predictable. We no longer hear from God, and the Bible is just another book that we read. If we want to experience the glory of God, we need to be intentional about seeking after God. Our relationship with God over time is not going to get stronger, it's going to get weaker. One of the things we teach about vision in church is vision leaks and, 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 and values leak. And in, in other words, you might have a clear vision of what the church is all about. But over time, that vision is going to leak. I want you to understand that faith leaks as well. And so we need to be intentional about seeking after God. We, that's why we come back to church on a Sunday morning. Every time we come, we come back to church on a Sunday morning, it's like our buckets are filled again. Whatever we neglect will deteriorate. Whatever we neglect is going to deteriorate. That's true of a garden. You can't have this flourishing garden if you don't tend to the garden, pull out the weeds. Come on, church. You know, do some watering. The the plants need some watering. Spray every now and then with natural stuff, no chemicals. It's true of your body. You can't have an amazing body if you neglect the body. (laughs) Some people live in a fantasy. They want to eat whatever they want, do whatever they want and expect to look amazing or, or to be fit and healthy. That ain't going to happen. It's true of a marriage. It's like, it's like the heartbeat of a marriage leaks over time. And so we need to be intentional about, about working on our marriage, about investing in our marriage. And that's true of our faith. If we want to experience more of the glory of God, we need to seek after God. It needs to become something that we do every single day as we seek after God. Every single day, the Israelites had to pick up the manna in the morning and and back the next morning again to pick up more manna for that day. And every day we need to seek after God and cry out to God. Say, God, I love you. God, I want to get closer to you. God, I want to know you in a greater and a deeper way. Peter says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, love, and so on and so on and so on. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort to build your faith. Make every effort to to, to get closer to God. Because if we do, we will know God in a greater and a deeper way. Next, we have Hophni and Phinehas, and they represent those who have no regard for God. These are people who have no respect for the glory of God. The Bible says that Eli's sons were wicked men, They had no regard for the Lord. They were responsible for taking care of the temple. They were responsible for representing God uh, to the people. And they were doing terrible things. They were sleeping with the women at the temple. They were taking the best meat for themselves, the meat that actually belonged to God. People were bringing that meat as a sacrifice unto the Lord. They were taking the best portions and keeping it for themselves. The Bible says the sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Listen very carefully church because this is really important. Here we have two men they were in the temple. They were, they were serving God. They were representing God. We're not talking about, you know, a couple of guys that were, you know, the Canaanites or or, or, or part of some, the Philistines. They weren't some part of some nation that didn't know God. These were guys that were representing God. They were part of the Levites. And here they were in the temple, serving God, representing God. They knew the commandments. They knew about God. But they had no regard for the glory of God. They had no regard for the glory of God. They were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. And the word contempt is is defined in the dictionary as the feeling that a person or a thing is worthless or beneath consideration. They were treating it with contempt. They were were treating their role with contempt. In other words, they, they didn't think it had any value at all. We're living in a generation today that thinks they can live how they want, do what they want, go where they want, regard with contempt the word of the Lord yet still think we can experience the glory of God. That's not being smart, that's being foolish. If we want to experience the glory of God, then we need to understand the value of the glory of God. We need to respect God, we need to fear the Lord, and we need to live a life that is consistent with the teachings of Scripture. With the, we need to live a life that is consistent with the Word of God. And 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 it's 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 very interesting because because these, these guys had 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 got to a point in their life where they had no regard anymore for the glory of God, they they treated what they were doing as as common as worthless. And I I just pray that as a church, we we would never, ever get to a place in our walk with God where we treat what we do here as worthless or, or just something as common. I pray that we would never get to a point in our lives where we treat the Word of God as just another book on the shelf. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the Holy Bible. Something powerful about the Word of God. There's something powerful about the presence of God. There's something powerful about the church of Jesus Christ. And I, 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 I pray that we would never get to a place. You know, I was thinking about that this, this this morning that, you know, Jesus, Jesus was always loving. But there were times where Jesus became quite quite strong. It was never with people that were far from God. uh, That were far from God. Jesus always treated well, you know, the the tax collectors and and the prostitutes, those who were far from God. They would gather around Jesus and Jesus would always love them. Jesus was always tough with those who were religious. The Pharisees. Those who knew better, but didn't do it. And he always had a strong word for them. I, I, I pray that we would... We would always have respect for the glory of God. That we would always have a heart that that, that comes into the presence of God as saying, "God, if if the, you know, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting." And I don't mean that in some sort of, you know, condemning kind of way. I, I don't mean that in some kind of, you know, God is angry. No, it's not like that at all. It's we have respect for the glory of God. We understand the power of the presence of God. We want to experience the presence of God. It's not just, it's, it's something that we value in our hearts and lives. And so we come into the presence of God and we say, God, here, here am I, Look, God. You know me better than I know myself. You know every thought that goes through my mind. You know every emotion that I experience, Lord God. I never want to get to a place in my life where I treat with contempt your word or your presence or your glory. Yeah. Search me, O oh God. It's beautiful. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in that way everlasting. Lead me in the way that leads to your holy hill. Lead me in a way that leads to your presence, that leads to your glory. Because I want to experience your glory, Lord God. Man, when when God's glory is upon our lives, it's powerful. When God's glory is upon our families and our homes, it's powerful. Our homes become a, a place of healing, a place of restoration. It's powerful. Next people in the story is the Israelites. And they represent those who have no relationship with the glory of God. Bible tells us that the Philistines came against the people of Israel. They fought, the, they fought. Philistines killed 4,000 of them. Israelites were understandably shaken. So they decide to bring the Ark of the Covenant in there. So the people sent men to Shiloh. And they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Now just just look at this. Understand their lifestyle and what they were doing. And here they are. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. They're standing next to it. What a deception they were in. During the week they were sinning and now standing next to the Ark. The only people they were kidding was themselves, because God was not with them. Because God was not fooled. So when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that all the ground shook. They were excited that the Ark of the Covenant had come upon them. What they didn't know is that God had withdrawn His presence from them because they had no regard for the things of God. So they went to war, lost 30,000 men. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a really important principle in here. Never confuse the symbol of the presence of God with the presence of God never confuse a symbol of the presence of God with the presence of God. The church is a symbol. Worship can be a symbol. But never confuse the building or the songs with the presence of God. Sometimes people think, sometimes people treat treat the word of God, the people of Israel were treating the Ark of the Covenant like a good luck charm. Where I said, Let, let's bring it in here, and it's going to bring us good luck. Um, some people kind of treat, you can treat the Bible like that. You know, I'm going to carry it with me because it's going to protect me. Now, this is, it, it's not a, it's not, a, the Bible can become, the, the physical Bible can become an idol where I look to the book instead of looking to God. Yeah. It's, it's not the Bible. It's, it's not the physical Bible. It's the God of the Bible that's going to see us through in the name of Jesus. God doesn't dwell in buildings. He dwells in our hearts. And if our hearts are far from God, we can, we can be in the building but, but never experience the glory of God. And I, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I, I want to say this in, a, in the most positive way that I can. We, we want to be here and we want to build a relationship with God. I said a couple of weeks ago that God said, build the build tabernacle because I want to be present with you. I want to meet with you. I want to speak with you. And that speaks about relationships. And I want to encourage each one of us to seek after God. David said, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. God above all else wants to have a relationship with you and with me. He wants to relate with us. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be just, just a, you know, someone we go. He doesn't want to just be our consultant. Or he doesn't want to just be a good luck charm. Someone we go to when we're in need. He wants to develop a relationship with us. He loves you, cares about you, has a plan and a purpose for your life. He's got so much he wants to talk to you about, about your life. He's saying, just come, let's talk together because I've got so much for you. Nothing greater than we can do than develop our relationship with God. You know, I talk about this all the time, that our primary purpose in life is to develop intimacy with God, closeness with God, where God becomes our best friend where we develop a deep relationship with God. It's what the first commandment uh, speaks about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the greatest relationship that you can build. His glory is a byproduct of our relationship with God. It's as we get closer to God, as we know God in a greater and a deeper way, then the byproduct of that is we experience the glory of God. Powerful. Next, we have the Philistines, and they represent those who had no respect for the glory of God. Philistines destroy the Israelites. Uh, Hophni Phinehas died. The Philistines capture the ark. Eli finds out he dies too. And as I read in the text, when the pregnant wife of Phinehas heard this, she says, she calls the boy Ichabod. She said, The glory has departed from us. What a sad day for the people of Israel. I, I just pray that would never be the testimony of our church in the name of Jesus, by the grace of God and for his glory. Well, the Philistines now had the Ark of the Covenant and they thought this was amazing. So they put, in, put it in Dagon's temple and they put the Ark next to their God called Dagon. And um, here's what the Bible says. When the people of Ashdod rose early in the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord They took Dagon and put him back up in his place Uh, and then the next day uh, they wake up again and they go into the Dagon's temple and there he is on his face again before the ark and this time he's lost his arms and his legs. Uh, So they they were a bit worried about that. Um, Philistines got a quick lesson about the glory of God, that it was real, that it was something not to be taken lightly and that when handled with irreverence was dangerous. So whenever the ark, wherever the ark went, it caused devastation. In Ashdod, it caused tumours. Uh, so they send it to Gath, um, same issue. And then they go, well, why don't we send it to Ekron? People of Ekron go, don't you dare bring this, the, the, the ark here. It's going to kill all of us. So finally, the Philistines said, we better give it back to the people of Israel. And the Israelites weren't much better uh, in terms of respecting the glory of God. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where, you know, uh, there's a particular scene where they find the ark and then they, they open it and, you know, there's this very ugly scene. Um, but that's exactly what happened here. Uh, the Israelites thought, oh no, you know, they've brought it back. It belongs to us. And they were being quite arrogant about the glory of God. And so they took a look into it and the Bible says 50,000 of them died. And the people of Beth Shemesh asked, who can stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? Here's the thing, we live in a world today where it's not a lot of respect for the glory of God. We have a generation that is seeking to defy God at every level. All you need to do is see what's happening around us. And there, there, there is a generation that is saying, that it's, 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 it's a spirit of the Antichrist where they're saying, I don't care what God says, we're going to do the opposite. Who is this God? The Bible says, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. Let, let us worship acceptably with reverence and awe, because our God is a consuming fire. Now, fire is um, a very powerful tool. Um, Provided we use it with respect, <laughs> um, we cook with fire every night. Come to our house, you're going to see some fire in the kitchen. No one's scared of the fire because we respect the fire. It's with fire that we, we're in our house. We, we heat up the water. We're not scared of the fire. Well, oh, there's a fire in the kitchen. No, we're not scared of the fire because we handle it with respect. But if we handle fire with disrespect. It can be destructive. We, we learn the power of fire when we, when we deal with it disrespectfully. And it's the same with God. If we want to see the glory of God, we need to respect God. It's what the fear of the Lord is all about. The fear of the Lord is not, don't be scared of God. It's not, oh, I'm scared of God. No, don't be scared of God. It's respect and honor God. There's a big difference between the two. We're not scared of fire. We are scared of fire, out of control, but we're not scared of fire, provided provided we handle it with respect. And when we respect God, we will experience the glory of God in our own lives. One final group uh, we have is Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. And he represents the, the blessing of the glory of God. It's the blessing of the glory of God. So the Ark of the Covenant remains in the house of Abinadab for 20 years. And then David sought to bring it back to Jerusalem. But before it went to Jerusalem, it ended up in the house of Obed-Edom. I love what the Bible says. It says, so David would not move the Ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gitite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom. The guy died three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So here was Obed-Edom. He was, just a, Le- he was a Levite, and all he was doing was faithfully serving God. That's all he was doing. Um, faithfully uh, serving God every day. And the ark was meant to go to Jerusalem, but there were a few issues. You can read about that in the text. But David turned aside... And I just love this scripture. He turns aside and he brings it into the house of Obed-Edom. And the result was this. The result was Obed-Edom experienced a divine surprise. He, he experienced a divine, divine surprise. He, he wasn't expecting to have the Ark of the Covenant inside his house, but he, but he experienced a divine surprise. It was a divine season for three months it was there in his house. It was a divine season and he experienced divine blessing. He and his household were, were blessed of God. That's the power of the glory of God. That's the power of the glory of God. And church, I want us to believe that what happened to Obed-Edom can happen to us as well. That God will turn aside and bring a divine surprise into our life. How many people could do with a divine surprise in their life? That God will turn aside, if there's a sense that we could say that, He could turn aside and, and, and bring a divine surprise, a divine interruption into our lives. A divine season where we experience the glory and the presence of God. A divine blessing where everything that we do is blessed of God. Look at verse 12. Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God, because of the glory of God. One of the outworkings of the glory of God in our life is we'll experience the blessing of God. It's powerful. And we can experience that when we faithfully serve God. Everything Obed-Edom had was blessed. Because of the ark of God. There are blessings released when, God, when the glory of God is present. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I want to experience. I want to experience the glory of God. I want to experience the blessing of God. The blessing of God is not a byproduct of, you know, being smart, intelligent, right people, right time, you know, just making the right connections, you know, knowing the right. It comes with the glory of God upon our lives. That's why Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't, don't send me up from here. So we seek after the glory of God. We seek after the presence of God. As a church, what we want more than anything else is the glory of God to, sh- to be present here every time we meet. where well, we, we will sense God come amongst us and begin to move amongst us. It's powerful. Story continues. After all these things happen... Notice the people of Israel's response. So what happens is the ark eventually comes back into the, the with the Israelites and they had this experience where 50,000 of them died. And now they're worried. And now they're scared. And they've lost battles with the Philistines. They know that the glory of God is no longer among them. And then we get to 1 Samuel chapter 7. And I just love this verse. It says, Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of all the foreign gods and the Asherahs and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve Him only. And He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites, understand this. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Asherahs. They were serving the Baals and the Asherahs, the people of Israel. God's people had these idols that they were worshiping apart from God. They put them away, made a decision to serve the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mitzvah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. On that day, they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now, Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mitzpah. So Samuel, who was kind of like the prophet for the people of Israel, says, let's gather together here at Mitzpah. And and there they just came before the presence of God. And and they just, they began to confess some of the things that needed to change in their hearts and lives. They said, God, we've been serving these idols. We're just gonna put them away. We're gonna serve you only. Now, the Philistines heard that they'd assembled at Mitzpah, so they thought, well, we've beaten these guys before, so we can beat them again. And they took this as an opportunity to be able to beat the Philistines again. This is what the Bible says, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines, and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. And then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Shen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So far the, the, th- thus far the Lord has been with us. Glory of God. How we need the glory of God today. How do, how, do we, how do we experience God's glory? How do we experience the glory of God in our lives, in our homes? How do we need the glory of God in our homes? How do we experience the glory of God in the church? First of all, we need to stand before the Lord and just examine our hearts. And again, I don't mean this in a, in a condemning way, a negative way, an oppressive way. I don't want, I don't want us to, to think like that. But here's the people of Israel, please understand, the people of Israel who have such a rich history, even the, even the Philistines knew that God had delivered the people of Israel from the Egyptians. Even the Philistines knew that. But here was Israel, whom God had delivered, and they've got idols in, in they're serving the bows and the Asherahs. How did the bows and the Asherahs creep in to, to the people of Israel's hearts and lives? I wonder, have any idols crept, crept in to our hearts? Are there, are there any idols that have crept into our homes? Are there, any, are there any idols in our lives that we need to deal with? Where we think this is the thing that's going to make me happy. Where we think this particular thing is going is to fulfil me more than God. Pastor Joe, I don't have any statues at home. I don't have any bowels and ashras in my home. No. Some of us have got mirrors though. Hmm? Check your mirror. Could be an idol in there. Mm, ouch, that one hurt. For some, for some people, social media has become an idol. How many likes did I get? I have a good day if I got a lot of likes. Bad day, I didn't get too many likes. My joy and happiness is dependent on social media best thing to do with social media and your iphone if that's what it's become is um get a little hammer and just guess what they did they had to put away their idols what's kind of crept in has Korea crept in has the idol of money crept in position status Has it crept in? Are there idols that have crept in to our hearts and where we look to this thing more, more than we look to God? For those that are spiritual, sometimes even spiritual things can become idols. Pastor Joe, this week I prayed six hours. Oh, God must be really impressed with you. Sometimes we look to prayer and fasting, as a, uh, we believe in prayer and fast. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here right now. But sometimes we, you know, Pastor Jarre fasted, Daniel fasted twice, 42 days, you know. Oh, they, oh you're amazing. God, man, God, God must really like you, you know. We start to look for things instead of looking to God. And idols don't just announce themselves, they creep into our lives, they creep in. And here, here where the people of Israel gather together, I just love this. They get to a place where they say, you know what? We need the glory of God. And we say, God, just examine my heart. It's beautiful. It's not, it's not this condemning way. If we're feeling condemned, condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Conviction always draws us into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit loves us. The Holy Spirit's job is to form Christ in us and bring us into the presence of the Father. And we just come into His presence, just beautifully. Say, God, you know me better than I know myself. Are there some idols that have crept in? There's no point in us saying, oh, we want the glory of God. Right, let's do business with God first. Before they could experience the glory of God, they had to do business with God. Every revival before it started, it started with the church doing business with God. And it's not like God saying, Pastor Joe, if I do that, he's going to tell me I can't do this or I can't do that, or I can't do the other thing. And do you think He's going to say, don't do this because He wants to hurt you? Or do you think He's going to say, don't do this because He loves you and cares about you and because He's got a plan for your life, because He's got a divine surprise in store for you, a divine season of blessing for you? And He's just saying, listen, just get rid of some of this stuff. Find the bowels in your home and get rid of them. Some of us need to just put away some idols some, for some certain attitudes have crept into our heart. Maybe we've lost respect for God. Maybe like Phineas, we've lost respect. We, we don't consider the Word of God as something important or wor- worthwhile anymore. We, 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 tr- we could treat the Word with contempt. Where we it it no longer oh we 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 think it's important, but we treat it with contempt. It's not as important as 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 it actually is. What a great opportunity to just do business with God. And then, as we do business with God, then 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 what comes next is just a simple prayer. Like Moses, it says, God, God, now, now show me your glory. I just need your glory, God. Now show me your glory. I just love it. They do business with God and then the enemy attacks. And we kind of see a parallel of the two situations. They're exactly the same, but there's a difference. This time, Israel has their heart right with God. And this time, God says, let me show the Philistines who I really am. Let me show the Philistines what, what my glory looks like. Please stand with me? As we seek after the glory of God, I believe the result is going to be divine surprises, divine seasons, divine blessings in our lives, in our homes, and in our church by the grace of God and for the glory of God. I just want you to bow your heads. Worship team, come. just want you to do some business with God. just as we're in the presence of God. What a great opportunity. Don't be scared of God. Don't be scared. Maybe you're a guest here today and you oh, don't be scared of God. He loves you. 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 If you could just see the picture, if you could just get a vision of where He wants to bring you and what He wants to do with your life, you, you draw nearer to God. Don't be afraid of God but let's just come into the presence of God and say, God, I'm all yours, God. I just want to serve you, Lord God. Is there something that needs to shift in my heart? I just want to hear your voice, Lord God, above all else. Is there an attitude that's crept in? Let's confess it before you. Love you so much, God. I love you so much, Lord God. We just love you, Lord God. And now, Father, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory, Lord God. Just wonder, there might be some people here today, you, you, you need a miracle in your life. Maybe there's some people here today, you, you need a divine surprise, divine blessing, a divine season. Come on, why don't we seek after God today? Let's sing.